Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Don't Praise the Machine. My name is Alexander Holland, and as always, I'm sat digitally across from my number one member of the pod patrol. You're going to be called... John Maloney. Always on night shift on pod patrol, John Maloney swinging his baton around, eating donuts and drinking coffee. (laughs) It's true. And I want to say, lie-yi-yi-yites will guide you home and ignite your bones. And I will try to episode 76. 76, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we want to say special thank you to Chris Martin from Coldplay who sent in a special <laughs> version of his song Fix You from Coldplay's third album, 2005's X and Y. Mm. And doesn't that bring back a whole bunch of happy memories for you, John? 2005, sitting around the CD player or the the old iPod. Tape deck. Listening to X and Y by Coldplay. Yeah, I loved, I used to love that. And (laughs) it's very convincing. (laughs) Um, And I thought, because I used to try very hard and not succeed. So I thought, thought, man, he can really, I felt very seen. (laughs) This is the most relatable song I've ever heard. Me and Chris, we're the the same except he's having sex with Gwyneth Paltrow. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I said, what do you know about trying and not succeeding? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, if I take a look at your life resume, Chris, looks like things are going pretty well for you. (laughs) Stuck in reverse. Hi, I register as a singman. I want to say I got real jealous. He's got a lot of amazing control at that Mm. high falsetto range, Chris. He does. Um, are they still together? Him and uh, were they? Were oh, they? T- yeah. Were they together in two thousand five? Yeah, yeah. They, they've 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 been to, so they formed in the late. No, 90s. sorry. I, I meant him and Gwyneth. I wasn't sure if they. were. Oh, how long they've been separated? They are Not, no. They're definitely separated now. She's mm. gone full goop. She didn't have enough. That's what she said. <laughs> she said, "I love you so much, Chris, mm. but my life's gone goop now. Everything's <laughs> gone real goopy, and I don't have time to focus on you after." Focus I have to focus sw- on my snake my, oil my sw- corporation. My sweet hoopy goopy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think for goop, Chris. And he said, oh, all right, I understand. Right. I got cold play. Well, conscious, got guess we'll consciously uncouple then. <laughs> that that was right. them, wasn't it? <laughs> that was them. They invented... Because because celebrities need attention, they can't just do things that normal people do, like separate or divorce. Yeah, they need to come up with something that then gets written about, so they get extra attention. It's true. They said we're not going to be like fucking the proles and get divorced or separated. <laughs> we're going to do what we've got our own what thing. Hollywood elites do. Yeah, we've got to reinvent the wheel. I mean, because that's yeah. that was the thing. It was like, oh, uh, we're. Consciously uncoupling. It's like that's just an am. That's what people have been calling an amicable separation for a very long time. <laughs> no, there's nothing new about it. Something really excited happened. I didn't even know it was happening actually, but I, I just 
I just opened YouTube as I do every few minutes yeah. of my life. Uh, yes, at a particular time yesterday, and I noticed that the iPhone 14 launch oh, was live. Oh, wow. So I tuned in to the live Apple event. Mm-hmm. I was rubbing my hands together going, what's coming in the in the phone now? Mm. All my problems are going to be solved by 14. <laughs> yeah. What do you have? You're, we're both Apple men, aren't we? What do you have? Yeah, I've got an iPhone 12, I think it is. Oh, uh, we're only a couple of years behind. Will you be upgrading? Have you been happy with the service? It's weird how you get, um, you know, that that whole thing happens where you think, I didn't really feel, you know, you get a new phone and you think, wow, this is kind of the picture quality is unbelievable. The, the speed is unbelievable. It's hard for me to imagine needing or wanting any improvement on this really. But mm. but now, but then after a few months of use, you're like, this thing's a piece of shit. And I need, <laughs> <laughs> I need to get the latest so, one. So slow. And also the cool guy at work shows up with the slicked backed hair. Yeah. And he's got the he's got the new year's model and you think, wow, he's gonna get all the ladies. Yeah. Ladies ladies love nothing more. If there's one thing I've learned about the opposite sex, <laughs> all they care about is that you've got the absolute latest iPhone. And you it's don't true. stand a chance <laughs> if you're at a dinner party and somebody pulls out an iPhone that's more recent than yours. <laughs> it's true. I, I um have many memories of being at office Christmas parties in my single days and just walking in and there's there just was a circle of everyone's attention, men and women, was taken up by the man with the shiny new hand box. I uh, I just wanted to give a shout out to our producer Colin this week, uh, and oh. and also to our new intern Chantel. Uh, Chantel, as you know, started doing with a us. great job. Yeah, she started with us a couple of weeks ago, and look, I I still think she's got a lot of untapped potential. Uh, you know, whenever anything changes in a environment like. Don't praise the machine. It's never perfect. And I know that Colin has been saying that she isn't perfect and that she's been getting a few things slightly wrong and she's got a bit of development uh, still left to do on the administrative side of things. But I just wanted to assure everyone in the Don't Praise the Machine community who might have heard things. Um, I've seen a few comments on the Instagram, things about internal conflict or bust-ups between Chantal and Colin uh, that mm. uh, it's really nothing out of the ordinary. It's uh, it's pretty intense down here at DPTMHQ and as in any workspace, sometimes people have to just be given time to go on a bit of a learning curve. So it's all good. And Colin was happy to take those tweets down after we said, you know, it was a heated day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think he'd... I think it was a bit underslept and overworked and we've all been there. And in this day and age, it's very easy to, um, I guess, voice those things through uh, interfaces that weren't previously available, you know. Um, And sometimes in the heat of the moment, you say things and post things um, that you regret. And I just want to say that I think we're 
we're okay. We're all okay now. And the mm. DPTM family is back together and happy again. Uh, so onwards and upwards. Yeah. And, um, and I want to say, I think Chantel, you're doing, you're doing a, you're doing a good job. And, uh, yeah, not a great job. Fine. I had a, I had a spare, uh, laptop at, uh, at home. Uh, the first one we thought was maybe resistant to an entire pot of coffee being spilt on it, but there was, you know, we tried for a few hours with the hairdryer and the rice mm. and I was only upset for a couple of days and then I was uh, happy to just pull out the old 2005 Dell that I had under <laughs> my bed at home Yeah, and uh, after a couple of days reinstalling a copy of Windows XP that I found on CD in a drawer, oh, we're back up and running here at the DPTM office. We want to... S- we want to say you got one more chance, <laughs> Chantel, and we love you. <laughs> John, this maybe falls into the Dutchie's hot tip basket. Mm. So I've always got that little sting loaded up as a clip in Ableton <laughs> so I can just drag it in the little, little give everybody a little bit of I'm always looking at ways to maximize my life. Mm. I really am a sucker for productivity and trying to get the most out of my time on planet Earth. Yeah. And so I've started doing something that I've never done before. Mm-hmm. Now, in the past, I would go past the meat fridge at the supermarket <laughs> and I'd look in there and i see those big old juicy steaks and my lips would start smacking together. And I think, man, I wish I could afford a big old juicy steak. But I'd pick it up and I'd go, oh, it never changes. It's the, virtually the most expensive item in this entire supermarket. <laughs> I can't. It's, I'm, you're talking about eight euros and ten euros for a really good piece of bio. That's like I don't know what you call them in. Um, do you call it? But you call bio in Australia? Yeah, like um, um, you'd say organic here, probably. Yeah, organic. Yeah. Picking up a big old organic steak mm. and it's 10 euros and I'm going, obviously I'm not going to pay 10 euros mm. for a single meal at a super. I come to a supermarket so I get things that aren't 10 euros. <laughs> I want you know, to I want restaurant prices for my ingredients. Exactly. I'm not going to pay fucking restaurant prices <laughs> to fucking cook my own. To, I'm not paying restaurant prices at a, at a Lidl. That's insane. I don't even know who this fridge I don't know who this fridge is for. Yeah. But then then when I left the supermarket, I noticed that I thought, "Oh, I'm not paying that much for a steak." What a joke. Yeah. And then I walked out. And then I walked past my local fried chicken franchise, which for everyone in Berlin, they'll know it well. It's called Risa. It's a, it's basically like Berlin KFC. Oh. Not as good. Okay. Uh, it's absolutely not as good to anyone <laughs> out there who thinks that it is. Yeah. It's not. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, 
And I happen to notice that uh, with inflation and everything else, the mm. prices of all of the meals and foods at Reza have really jumped. I reckon, I reckon a meal that I looked at a couple of months ago for seven euro has jumped to nine, some of them close to 10. It's, mm. it's craziness out there. So then I'm thinking to myself, well, hang on a second. <laughs> 10 euros for dirty old fried chicken covered in fried oils and grease mm. and I get a little bag of chips and a soft drink and that's it. And I sit and eat this God knows where it came from <laughs> mess of fat and bone and wet soda. <laughs> that's going to cost me. And I'm going to eat it alone in the reza and I'm just going to sit there with my greasy box and I go, oh, yeah, this is real worth a 10 euro. And then I went, hang on a second. <laughs> I just went past a beautiful piece of bio-organic steak that came from a farm where I'm sure the cows were super happy and well-treated. Yeah. And it's going to be just a mass of protein and goodness. I'm getting back into my running. Mm. I can cook it at home how I like. Mm. And (laughs) then I can just sit at my table with an extremely high-quality piece of meat Yeah, instead of my bony grease box with wet, sugary soda yeah so i I ran back to lidl (laughs) people thought there was an emergency (laughs) and i and i grabbed that big hunk of steak and i slapped it down on the counter and i said to the cashier i've changed my whole life right now (laughs) and handed her a 10 euro note And then I took it home and then I looked on YouTube at like best ways to cook a steak videos. Yeah. And there's a bunch that told me you got to sear it mm. and then you got to whack a ton of butter in that pan, oh. throw in a few cloves of garlic, and then you just have to sort of baste it while you cook it on both sides for three to four minutes. Yep. And I sat down alone with that beautiful steak and put myself a glass of iced water and it was Delicious. Mm. It was the best thing I'd done in a long time. And I thought, this is one of the greatest decisions I've ever made. <laughs> Probably <laughs> in years. I say it was, yeah, in years. And so that's my hot tip is think about the money that you spend outside of the supermarket yeah. on trashy fast food and yeah. compare that to the most expensive foods in the supermarket. And then just when you're in the supermarket, just think, look, do I want to just eat a box of filth alone mm. in a corner of Tempelhof or do I want to go home, have full control over an incredibly high quality food? And so that's my Dutchie's hot tip this week mm. is next time you're out there considering the fast food or any food at a, at a restaurant, yeah, just think, would this be better if I just paid extremely high price at a supermarket for a better <laughs> piece of food. But then made it myself, then had, had then made it myself. creative control. What do you think of that? When you're in the supermarket, John, mm. what are the expensive foods that you go past and you reach out with your real chubby mitts going yeah. and Jacinta slaps your hand away <laughs> and says, no, 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 you don't get that. I usually, and you're bring, always, I usually bring my little reaching claw so I can take she's stuff got off you, the top shelves. She's got you sat in the trolley with your little legs going through the little dangling, pity bit dangling. and you're reaching out. <laughs> just, just choking on my Kinder Surprise toy. <laughs> 
Mum, I want more of this. And she's going, no, we can't afford it. We can't afford it this week. We're not bloody buying that. That's that's for fancy people. Yeah. I actually, I actually wrote down some of the most expensive foods that you can find in supermarkets. So yeah. These are the things that I'm encouraging everybody out there to treat themselves with. Mm. You ready? Yeah. Instead of shoving Big Macs in your eyeballs, <laughs> why don't you pick up a bag of macadamia nuts for $100,000 a kilogram? I think they're probably a bit cheaper here, which is good. Yeah, because Australia invented them. That's right. Yeah, they were invented by the Australian ecosystem. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, number two, vanilla beans. Oh, yeah. Mm. I never get vanilla beans. Next time you're going to hanker in for a Whopper, mm. go just shove a whole bunch of stringy vanilla beans in your mouth and you'll be much happier. <laughs> get a rich vanilla-coated mouth. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me, of, reminds me of when you once uh, rolled me a cigarette and you t- dipped it in vanilla essence mm. as, as an experiment. For a luxury smoke. And then I got tonsillitis. Um, <laughs> and, uh, um, uh, yeah, I like to just have fistfuls of saffron and yes. just, just, just like <laughs> a thick layer of saffron on my toast in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> the king's toast. Yeah, exactly. I'll make myself a, a, a slice of king's toast. <laughs> saffron <Well>. and truffles. <laughs> I also uh, had here <clears throat> sun-dried tomatoes and parmesan is really expensive. Mm, yeah. Put them all together. Have yourself a macadamia vanilla bean artichoke heart sun-dried <laughs> tomato parmesan steak sandwich yeah. with us with a saffron twist. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bucket list item right there. <laughs> I I do spend quite a lot. This is getting quite exciting. I do spend quite a lot on uh on staples. Like I will get really good quality coffee, and I'll get really good, co- oh. really good quality butter, and the best bread available. Uh, often, Ooh. often from a bakery rather than from the supermarket. But um, just because for me, it's that you know when you're eating at home and you want to eat simple food, but you also want to eat just really nice quality stuff. It's worth making if you're lucky enough to be able to afford it, and I think it's worth it. You know, versus going out to a cafe, but I think having those high-quality staples like real good butter, real good milk, yeah. real good coffee, real good bread just makes your life better. Um, yeah, okay. So mm. you go. So you, you choose classic foods, yeah. but you just make sure that it's top shelf. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Top shelf staples. That's my, that's my addition to the Dutchies hot tip this week. Dut- Dutchies hot tip, it's... Uh, buy the most Dutchie's hot tip. It's very relatable to everybody out there. Mm. Buy the most expensive things you can at the supermarket. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really t- tasteful segment when there's a global cost of living crisis.
I was taking the tram home from the city the other day and I went through the suburb of Carlton here in Melbourne and there was a place that appeared to be offering plastic surgery, essentially cosmetic procedures Mm -hmm. and plastic surgery. And they had this huge advertisement out the front and it was in kind of a very, you know, there was a lot of foot traffic in a very busy part of Carlton on a main street. And the thing that struck me about the ad that they had was it was an ad which featured five or six smiling women and they were all obviously sporting their new cosmetic faces, <laughs> new, new cosmetically augmented faces. But they were all probably around 25-ish. Wow. And and I just thought it was interesting and, I, you know, I'm sure a lot of people have been thinking about this that, it's interesting how, you know, when I was, when we were growing up, plastic surgery might have been something that was offered to you as your body started to kind of, you know, leave its prime and things were kind of suffering the effects of gravity and sun and you just, you know, you'd lost your youth and you were trying to regain it. And it was probably also something that you would do discreetly, you know, mm. you wouldn't necessarily have a big public facing, very, very open uh, uh, institution that was offering cosmetic procedures. You'd sort of have this, you know, suburban discreet place where you'd go in and you wouldn't necessarily tell anyone about it and so on. And obviously there was endless speculation about celebrities having had cosmetic procedures and the celebrities would invariably deny ever having Mm. had them. And all of that has radically changed in the last kind of 10 10 or so years in particular to the point where, well, one, it's directed much more at young people who seem to get these cosmetic procedures, not because they're, they're getting older, but just because they, you know, not even because they necessarily consider themselves unattractive, but just because it's a kind of popular way of sort of maximizing your attractiveness. And, and also adopting facial features that are popular and mm. are are not just um, attractive but are obviously the product of cosmetic surgery mm. like it's it's a it's a it's a thing it's a fashion yeah to have you know deliberate features that are deliberately presented as the product of co- these cosmetic procedures. And perhaps even signaling that you are hip to the current cosmetic trend in that you yeah. you get whatever the thing is that's really popping that year. Exactly. It might be lips, it might be cheek filler, and then you're signaling that's to right. everybody else, I'm hip to the groove of what everybody's yeah. getting. Yeah. And I read a really interesting article by a journalist called Gia Tolentino who's, who went to couple of plastic surgeons and she's, you know, a millennial and talk to them about, you know, the different kinds of procedures that, that she would get and the kinds of procedures that, you know, that she would get if she were interested and the kinds of procedures that other people in her sort of peer group were getting. And there was this interesting interplay between social media and plastic surgery in the sense that people were using apps like Facetune and using filters on Instagram and other uh, platforms to subtly augment and perfect their features and, you know, make their skin blemish-free and so on. And then people were, I guess that, you know, a lot of the time they were 
presenting themselves in this way. So then on social media. So then that led to an appetite to present themselves in a very similar way in the real world. So people were and apparently still are going into plastic surgeons and cosmetic. With like a screen cap from Facetune. Yeah, like literally they will say, here's a photo of me on Snapchat. I want you to make I want you to make me look as close to that as you possibly can. <laughs> and they and and these plastic surgeons talked about this thing called Instagram face where they, you know, they there was a there was a sort of um generic look that was being uh, that was arising from the application of these filters that then was creeping into real life where you know, people wanted almost this kind of look as though their faces were made out of clay. Right. And they wanted they wanted this kind of ambiguously exotic look, which is a kind of one one plastic surgeon was describing it as a sort of uh, melange of all of these sort of different features from different ethnic group, groups around the world, all of which are individually considered beautiful features. And they, you know, they everyone wanted them kind of put together on their face. So like somebody like Kim Kardashian would ah. uh, would fit that sort of description and has kind of, you know, she's got very, she's got the kind of uh, big full lips. She's got the kind of, you know, the brow, she's got big high cheekbones and whatever. And that's kind of, then you see other people who are, who have had the same procedure and it sort of, or the same range of procedures. And it sort of looks as though they're all kind of distantly related to each other (laughs) or they're all, they're all part of the same kind of genetic, (laughs) genetic group. And uh, it's, it's apparently just that thing where, you know, social media is, is kind of globalizing these trends and globalizing taste. So then people, once it creeps into the real world, all start sort of looking weirdly similar and they're all going for the same idealized facial forms. And I just, I find it fascinating. And, it, you know, I mean, to be honest, having read this article and, you know, approaching 40, even, even though there's less pressure on men to kind of look uh, physically perfect, particularly as they get older, you know, I, I, I think part of me to my surprise was kind of like, oh yeah, maybe I, you know, would, would consider that. Maybe I'd consider having some, some age spots zapped off or something, you know, because it just kind of seems much more normal than it used to. I think it's, it's strange though, because I think what's weird is I think it's an open secret in Hollywood, but Mm. the, but high profile Hollywood stars still refuse to talk about it. It's like there's a tear underneath real mm. celebrities that talk about it. Let's say people who are into a social media famous. But you can take a yeah. look at somebody like Nicole Kidman and she will yeah. deny that she's had plastic mm. surgery. And yeah, like Kylie Minogue will deny that they've had plastic surgery. And certainly or Tom all, Cruise. Yeah, they'll all just be like, no, if, like, uh, like I haven't had plastic surgery. You don't have any proof that I have and I don't want you to... I you I don't want you to ask me that question ever again. But then there is yeah. a tear underneath that mm. where it seems like there are social media people who, yeah, they're just like, yeah, this is what we do now. We augment our faces. It's funny thinking about the fact that somebody like Michael Jackson, who was seen mm. as freakish in his day for what he did to his face, would mm. be seen as a kind of cultural pioneer these days with yeah. with with personal facial augmentation through cosmetic surgery. Yeah, and I mean he was an example of somebody who obviously went to 
insane lengths ultimately, but who was doing something that was creating a face which really couldn't exist naturally. Like it was a deliberate, he had a vision of what he wanted to look like, which was kind of weird Peter Panish face. Yeah. And and then he- <laughs> He ba- did want crashed. Peter Pan face, didn't he? Yeah. He wanted a sort of very sharp, cartoony nose <laughs> for, whatever, for whatever reason. And uh, and he got pretty close to it. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, I don't know. It's, I mean, and and then as you say, Kim Kardashian, people like that. Like she's, she's somebody who will be honest about having had, is she certain procedures? Yeah, she is okay. about having had certain procedures. Okay. But she, it's like she draws the line at certain things. So uh, she will say, I've had fillers, I've had Botox, things okay. like that. But she will deny having had, for example, and I don't know if she has or she hasn't, but she wants it known that she hasn't had, you know, more invasive forms of <sighs> forms of plastic surgery that might have, say, changed the shape of her face. Because I guess she's she wants there to be some recognition that she is inherently beautiful. Yeah. Even though because even <laughs> though she's augmenting it in because some otherwise respects. you're basically saying, yeah, anybody could do this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing except money and access stopping you yeah. from looking at any way you want. Particularly in her case where it's like, I'm not sure what she really has to hang her hat on. Besides <laughs> exactly. Her. I think, yeah. I think it's an, inc- I just think it's an incredible boon for the cosmetic surgery industry that they could have never, mm. They could have never themselves, I imagine, have foreseen. And I can't imagine that they really were the driving force behind any of it. It was social media yeah. uh, and reality television and other influences. And then suddenly a cosmetic surgeon in Hollywood who used to have all these people secretly coming over and he, need to, he needed to kind of hide his business or her business Suddenly, people were just rocking up to the door, going, "Make me look like yeah. a cat! I'll give you a million dollars to make me look like a cat right now." Bit of tech talk, John. You love Instagram. Oh. You spend, you you're on there until five a.m. every day. Yeah, you get three hours of sleep, so you make sure your stories <laughs> coming out, <laughs> taking loads of photos of yourself in bed for four a.m. Posting Instagram stories. Yeah, and, that's true. All true. And I, I think this is something that we might dive into deeper at some. point. Point because I've ex- mm. I've expressed to you a desire to try and express this on the podcast, but it's very it's very difficult to explain in in a podcast audio format because you can even be familiar with Instagram and you can be familiar with Instagram stories and Instagram reels and you can be in, you can be familiar with sort of luxury Instagram accounts or like hustle Instagram accounts, but I have ended up through chance in the weirdest yeah. kind of algorithmic selections for um, for Instagram with a I've got I think five Instagram accounts for my various mm. uh, uh, creative creative pursuits, pursuits. yes one mm-hmm. of them I can do a, do, a, do a little plug <clears throat> I'll do a little plug here for the first time on the podcast yeah. 
I'm in an instrumental hip-hop lo-fi group with uh, Adelaide guitarist called Matteo Grilli, and we are called the Clemzig Interchange, and we have mm-hmm. two singles out on Spotify, and you can check them out right now. Before that particular project, I set up a the Clemzig Interchange Instagram account, and then I yeah. they must have started feeding me. They just thought they must have just thrown a whole bunch of stuff at the wall Instagram and thought, let's just see which of these he likes. And I must yeah. have, for whatever reason, spent a bit too much time on a couple of weird ones. And mm-hmm. so now I, it's the weirdest stuff that I get <laughs> sent. And I send them to you just about every single day. And they're all yeah. from either India or Azerbaijan. Yeah, they're, they're kind of Western Western Asia slash Eastern Europe, I think, a lot of them is, is my sense from the stands. Yeah, and I think at one point we'll do a deep dive, but today I just wanted to talk about one of them, which uh, I want everybody out there in Instagram world to give them a follow, and that's billionaires underscore journey. That's the account, Mm -hmm. billionaires underscore Mm -hmm. journey. Now, billionaires underscore journey (laughs) is a kind of manosphere, hustle culture, get money, get bitches, money will solve all of your problems. Don't worry if you Mm. don't have money now. All you need to do is wake up early and eat liver and go to the gym and be uh, very aggressive and masculine and you'll get money and you'll climb the, yeah. the ladder and then you yeah. have and then have a Lamborghini. You just won't have any problems. All the things. <laughs> yeah. what, what do boys want? They want car, fast cars and women and big mm. houses and the way that mm. you get all that is money. Mm. So this account is... It's clearly from India and they just take stock footage of what looks like they must just buy the stock footage somewhere. Mm. It's just kind of slow-mo images of either <laughs> what look like Bollywood movies or sometimes they take Hollywood movies that don't really have anything. Mm-hmm. It can just be anything. And then they put yeah. inspirational quotes over the videos. Yeah. And yeah. then and then music. Anybody that's been in the Instagram sphere, there's basically music that has become synonymous with various um, like trends. You just know that when a certain song starts playing, oh, I'm watching one of these type of videos. Mm. And so the music will start. And the thing that makes it great is they just don't, none of the quotes make any sense and they're all in <laughs> like like incorrect English. So I just thought mm. I'd read some of these out because mm. um, I've I've tried my hand at, at Eastern philosophy and trying yeah. to spend less time focused on the self and physical possessions. Yeah. Fucking forget about that. It's not working for me. So I'm <laughs> giving myself over to billionaires <laughs> underscore journey. Yeah. So one of the videos uh, was, I think it was just a, a man kind of with a woman look, walking past him dismissively. And then on the screen, it just said, if they call you a loser now, then show them who the fuck you are. And then it cuts to three Lamborghinis. <clears throat> and that's it. That's the video. What a great message. What a great message. Uh, number two. <laughs> Um, was, uh, there's so many of these. There's a lot of very weird male-female male, dynamics. Don't respect mm. her because she is a woman. Uh, actually, don't respect her because she is a woman. <laughs> respect her because you are a man. Oh, great mm. message. Uh, I liked this one. This one ended with a with one of those supreme money guns, if you've seen those. Oh, yeah. Like a, a sort of weird device that shoots 
bell, bells out. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. And this yeah, one just yeah. said, million of problem, only one solution, money. Mm. <laughs> now, this one I liked. It was kind of getting a little how many, bit. How many followers are they do they well, rock it? Well, when I when I st- I reckon they had 133 last 133,000 last week and it's 143,000 mm. this week. So it's a mm. message that people are hearing and loving. <laughs> and see why. This one I like they threw a little bit of eastern wisdom in. Nothing is permanent mm. in this world, yeah. not even your failures. Now that one I can mm. get on board with. That's quite good. But then they'll follow that up with never in your life lose a person who cares for you more than themselves because angels only come ones. No, mm. don't, really don't really know what that means. but I remember you sent that to me <laughs> and I was inspired to, I think I improvised some, some uh, mel- a melody to sing the words angels only come ones to. <laughs> and then the last one just was somebody with a slow motion video of somebody with money and it just said, Remember, save money because one day those money may save you. Oh, wow! Just a bit of just a bit of general savings advice there. <laughs> you should get in touch with them and tell them about your theory of stakes. I think they'd be interested. You know, about instead my- of going out for a cheap meal, stay home. <laughs> For an expensive meal. That would make much more sense than everything else they have on Billion. But everybody, (laughs) subscribe right now. It's billionaires underscore journey on Instagram. (laughs) I'd love to see them get a little bump just because you gave them a plug (laughs) on this app. Billionaires underscore journey. It's (laughs) it's really going to help the men in the audience take control of their lives and we can't wait to see men, DPTMers, inspired. Thanks everybody for joining us on this week's episode of Don't Praise the Machine. This has been episode 76. We'd love to talk to you about expensive supermarket luxuries, cosmetic procedures, and we'd love talking to you about Colin and Chantel and their ongoing quest to get along. As always, I've been John Maloney and I've appeared digitally next to my number one pod Derek Trandler-Bowland. Thanks, Derek Trandler. We'll see you next time. On the podcast.